Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. The scripture reading today is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. If you are in the sanctuary or at home, we invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. As she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you are found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, who will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, who will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Freya and Josh. You guys were amazing. Nice job on the reading. So last week, we looked at the same portion, and we looked at it through the lens of what does it mean to walk into a new beginning? We saw Mary as our guide for walking into new beginnings. And using Mary as our guide, we discovered that it was really important for her, probably 14 years old, as she embarked on this brand new beginning, It was really important for her to know these things. Number one, that God was with her when she heard these words, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. She needed to know as she embarked on this new beginning that she was not alone, that God was with her. But she also needed to know in this new beginning that she could name her fears and questions. You heard her say, how can this be? Since what should have happened for me to have a baby hasn't happened yet. I'm confused. So when you're walking into a new beginning, when God is leading you into that new beginning and you don't know where it's leading, it's really allowed, encouraged, and okay to say directly to God, how can this be? I don't get it. I don't get how this is going to happen. And then thirdly, uh, it was really important for Mary to know that 
she needed to give her consent that God wasn't just going to do something to her. When she says, let it be done unto me, just as you said, I think it's a model for new beginnings to know that God invites us to consider a new beginning, but God always waits for our yes. And sometimes that yes takes a little time. Amen. (laughs) I wonder in my imagination, as I read between the lines and as I read into the white spaces, if maybe there was more than one second that occurred between the invitation for Mary to receive this really radical invitation and her consent. Maybe there was a whole night of restless prayer. Maybe there was a few days. Bless you. Wow, that's good. So we talked about this new beginning that Genesis finds itself in these days. And we discovered that it's just as important for us to know that God is with us and that we can name our fears and questions. And that we have to wrestle with our own consent. And we did that a little bit last week. We named some of our fears. We named some of our joys and our hopes. And next week, we're going to announce some of our plans for this new season, January, February, and March, where we're going to gather together, but we're going to have some different focuses as we gather together. It may not just be gathering for worship. There may be some different focuses as we gather together on Sunday morning. So I'm really excited to announce those to you next week. So stay tuned for that. But also, uh, feel free to reach out as you uh, have any questions or comments about this unique time that we find ourselves in. So today I want to look at the same scripture portion again, building on what we learned last week, that God is with us, that we can name our fears, and that we need to give our consent, but also looking at it through a different lens. So last week we looked at it through the lens of what happens in a new beginning and how can Mary be our guide. This week we're going to look at it through the lens of when God invites us to do a new beginning, God always seems to want partners and co-creators in cultivating those new beginnings. God wants to partner with us and co-create that new beginning with us. That means that our consent is vital. Our participation is vital and that we have agency in how things turn out. It's not just God doing what God wants to do and we can get on board or not. We're going to see in this, in this portion that when God does something new, God wants co-creators and God wants collaborators. So when God invites Mary to be a partner in this incarnation of Christ by agreeing to carry Jesus in her womb and to raising him and to watching him live his life, she asks, how can this be since I'm a virgin? What a great question. Now, we're going to do an all-play question. If you're new around here, if you're watching on Zoom, if you're watching on Zoom, you can type in your answers in the chat. If you're in the room, you can just shout them out. And the reason why we do all play questions is because we believe the voice of the chorus is so much more powerful than the voice of the solo. So I encourage you to shout out your answers, whatever they are. I guarantee you they'll get us further along the line. So here's the question. When Mary says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? What question, and here's the hint, or questions, uh, do you think Mary is asking? How can this be since I am a virgin? There's the obvious question, clearly. What question or questions do you think Mary might be asking with this really poignant question? Why me? 
Yes, Will, thank you. Why me? I am a nobody. I am 14 years old. No one's ever heard of me. This is a pretty big assignment. Uh, and Sarah online says same thing. Why did you choose me? Whew, what else? Yes, thanks, Shannon. What will people think? This isn't how things are supposed to go for an upright Jewish woman who's about to get married. What else? Yeah. How did you do that? Was that Michelle? Yes. How's that going to go exactly? I'm not sure I get that. What else? Oh, Nate. Yeah. What is the, if if this is the beginning of the rest of my life, what's what's the rest of my life going to look like? He said, great question. What else? Holly, thank you. I have no experience raising the son of God. (laughs) Thankfully, no one else does either. (laughs) What else? What am I going to tell Joseph? Yes, Kristen. Oh, man. What else? Well, I think Mary is asking all those questions. Why me? I have no experience raising the son of God and who, who would, who does, uh, what the, what's the rest of my life going to look like? Uh, I also think she's asking this question, uh, am I worthy to carry out this assignment? Have you ever been asked to do something that feels above your pay grade and you think, number one, I'm going to screw this up for sure. And she probably did at least in, a couple of ways. But number two, why am I worthy? Why am I worthy? Most of us believe, you guys, that we have to earn love and belonging. And most of us believe that we're unworthy of that love and belonging, right? Most of us believe that life is a zero-sum game and the people who are really worthy get all the important assignments and the people and the rest of us, those who are unworthy, get nothing. And there's only room for people who get it absolutely right. So the question is, what makes us worthy of partnering with God in co-creating a new beginning? What makes us worthy of partnering with God and co-creating a new beginning? Well, later on in this passage, we're going to hear Mary pray this prayer. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Allie's going to preach on that in a a couple of weeks, and I can't wait. It's, It's part of the Magnificat, it's called, this prayer that Mary prays. And when Mary says, who looks with favor on the lowliness of his servant, you could hear that as Mary having low self-esteem, right? But I don't hear it that way. I hear it as Mary seeing and naming the pattern that God has always done all throughout history. That God seems to partner with seemingly unqualified people to co-create new beginnings. God sees willingness to partner together as the only criteria, amen? Willingness to say yes, trembling with fear, wanting to say no, (laughs) begging for it to be given to someone else. Remember Moses? He said, but I'm a stutterer. I can't approach the most powerful person on planet earth and tell him to get rid of all of his free slave labor. 
that's not going to go very well. Mary's saying the same thing, but Mary seems in a wise and much more wise beyond her years way to, to like shimmer on this pattern. Wait a minute. I'm just one of many insignificant, unworthy people that God has chosen to co-create this new beginning. And I picture her just going, yes, I get it. I don't have to be worthy on my own. When God says greetings favored one, it means you are graced by God and it's not anything you did to earn it. She was a nobody. So how does God partner with us? By the way, amen? Isn't that good news that we don't have to earn or be worthy on, by, on the basis of some set of criteria that we feel like we could never earn to, to partner with God in co-creating something? I mean, that's incredible. So let's assume that that's true. And even if you're like, oh, I'm not sure, let's assume for a second that that is true, that God really doesn't demand you be anything other than willing. All you have to do is be willing. Let it be done unto me just as you say. That's, that's the only criteria. So then we have to ask the question, yes, that is so awesome, by the way. I love the sound of babies in the room. Yes. So keep it going. So the question is, then how does God partner with us to co-create a new beginning? Let's say you're willing. Let's say you say yes, and you're terrified. Because And the reason why you know it's a new beginning and that it's from God is if you're terrified. <laughs> right? Because if, if you know how to do it, if you're good, I got that. It's, it's probably not necessarily a new beginning that God is asking you to co-create with her. So verse 35, how does God partner with us to co-create a new being? Verse 35, the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. So before we get into that, just note this. As you say yes to God, and as you become pregnant with this new beginning, when you bring that new beginning out into the world, whatever it is, that new beginning is holy, which just means it's set apart. It's its own thing. It's its beautiful, generative thing that you and God created together. And I'm sure if you thought about it for just a couple of minutes, you, would, you could name some of those things that God initiated in you, you gave birth to, and now you can see it. And you know what, you guys, no matter how it turned out, no matter how it's turning out, that thing is holy, set apart, and good. Can I get an amen on that? That is good news. So how does God partner with us? Well, when it says the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the translation is this, the Holy Spirit will arrive to initiate this new beginning and will stay with you all along the way. That's good news, right, for Mary. The Holy Spirit that initiates this new beginning will stay with Mary and be with Mary all along the way. Because you know what? Jesus was not silent on that silent night. <laughs> he cried. He messed up his diapers probably had a few tantrums because that's not sin. That's just being a little kid. And Mary had to raise this child knowing full well that it was the son of God. He was the son of God. So feel the pressure. 
The Holy Spirit will not only initiate this new beginning, Holy Spirit will guide you into every step of the way as long as you can stay disciplined enough to only take the next step. Where we get into trouble is where we try to map it all out for the rest of our lives. Jesus, here's what you're going to do. In first grade, you're going to, no, it's not how it works. And then when it says the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, does that sound creepy to anyone else? The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. I'm picturing that one trailer voice in movies. That sounds a little creepy to me. So um, I did a little research on this on what this word means. So stay with me. This is actually this moment, this moment in time, and the way the writer wrote it, it's reminiscent of a really important event. And that event is creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was, was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, just like the Spirit was hovering over in this moment. That's Genesis 1, 1 and 2. And when it says the Holy Spirit was brooding over the earth, it means it was overshadowing it. So the Holy Spirit was present, brooding over this conversation between Mary But then the really cool thing is on the sixth day of creation, God said, let us make humanity in our image. And the root word for image in the Hebrew, salem, literally means to shade or shadow. So when it says the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, it's like saying, Mary, in this new beginning, I will sweep you up into my image. I will sweep you up into my image in this new beginning. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So here's the next all play question. Don't think too hard about this because it sounds like a deep theological question. It is and it isn't. Here's the question. What is the image of God? Human in Jesus. Thanks, Joe. Yes. What? Say it again. Being still, did you say, Cassandra? Being still, calm, peaceful, yes. What else? Being like a stained glass window. Ooh, being like a stained glass window. Say more, Will. I love that. Um, you know, there's like, you have the, the images etched in everything. And like, each one of us is like an image, but we're also kind of translucent with which God's light. Yes. So we, we are ourselves, and we're also these bearers. So if you think about a stained glass window, there's these images that are there. But then when the light comes through, Will said, we become who we are, but even more even. Like that, that, that's who we are, but we're, we're enlightened or, or brought into. That's so good. It's illuminating. Yes, Pam, thank you. God's image is illuminating. What else? Uh, Elizabeth Norgren online, authenticity, our most authentic selves. Bob, love, perfect love. That's God's image. What else? Delight. Yeah, John, thanks. Mary is swept up into all these things. All those things are true. And another thing that's true about God's image is God exists 
as a relational community of oneness, Father, Son, and Spirit, creator, redeemer, sustainer. So when Mary is told, you'll be swept into my image, it's like saying, you will be swept into the community that is God, Father, Son, and Spirit. There's a word that people use to describe the, the, the Trinity centuries ago, and it's a word, perichoresis. Peri means around, choresis means choreography, Betsy. So it really means to dance around. The theologians that tried to describe the relationship between God, Father, Son, and Spirit, use the word to dance around in a mutually submissive relationality of oneness. Mary, I will sweep you up into my very image, my very being, the relational oneness of God as you co-create this new beginning. <sighs> That's good news too, right? Now you think about your own new beginning you're facing right now or have recently faced. And the temptation is to believe that you are on your own. And maybe it's even you guys, like this little new beginning, you know? Now Paige looks like an absolute cherub right now. She's just reading her book. But I bet there are some nights where you're like, what have we done? Right? And the, the reason why we do baptism the way we do it together and not just like at your house is it should be a reminder that you're swept up into the relationship that is the community of Jesus. The same thing is happening in Mary here. You're not alone. You're swept up into the relational oneness that is the Trinity. So all along the way, you are never alone. You're not alone. It is, it is out of this relational oneness that we partner with God to create new beginnings. It's the Holy Spirit who guides us. One of the things I hope we don't lose in all of our wonderings about what Christianity will become and what deconstruction that we do and what reconstruction we do, I hope we never lose the mystery of the guidance of the Holy Spirit into our lives that guides us into all truth, that reminds us of the things that Jesus taught us, that carries us through our hard new beginnings, and that leads us step by step along the way. If we forget that, friends, we will get burned out, withered, and we will feel like we are utterly on our own as we try to save the world from those evil people, whoever those evil people are. Instead, if we partner with God in co-creating a beautiful new beginning that God initiates, we can look to the Holy Spirit to guide us every step along the way. Amen. To me, that's beautiful news. If you look at Mark 1, the baptism of Jesus, we see it the same pattern. Listen to these words in verses 9 through 11 of Mark 1. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, here's the waters, here's the waters of a new beginning, the waters of chaos, he saw the heavens torn open and the spirit who is brooding above descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son, the beloved with you, I am well pleased. 
if even Jesus needed that reminder that the Holy Spirit was going to be with him and who loved him and blessed him and that a new beginning was happening, then I think I do too. (laughs) And then you probably do too. Some of you are a little better than me at following Jesus, but if I need it, chances are you need it too. So let's be people of God that follow the Holy Spirit's lead into these terrifying but beautiful, co-creative, collaborative new beginnings. Advent is about preparing for God's arrival. Advent is about preparing for God's arrival. And Mary teaches us that through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we are partners and co-creators of God's ongoing arrival, moment by moment and season by season. So the question is, in this season, in this Advent, will you pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is inviting you into? Small things, big things. And will you say yes? That's the question for Advent. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If If you you find find yourself nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you you have have any any questions questions or would like like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.